Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And, you know, whether you're a hospital CEO, uh, uh, you run a health insurance company, you're at a healthcare VC, or you're a startup founder with a healthcare solution, uh, this show is for you. But if you've made a deliberate choice to help society become better through something innovative in health, you know, we want this uh, show to resonate with you. We talk about stories, we talk about origin stories and the stories of people that are ushering in and supporting, you know, new innovations. And I'm really excited today to have Ivan Kuhn on the show. So Ivan is a venture partner at Birchmere Ventures. He's done a lot of interesting things from a product perspective, from a marketing perspective. He's a sage when it comes to startups. And um, anyway, I've had a lot of great conversations with Ivan, and I thought he'd be great to have on the show. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Ivan, thank you for being here and for making time. Thank you for having me. Looking absolutely. forward to a fantastic um, podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it's going to be fantastic, Ivan, because <laughs> we have you on here. You've done, Ivan, you've done so much, you know, so much interesting stuff across so many different technology areas. Tell us a little bit about what led you to become the person you are today. Oh, okay. Um, I have been on both sides of the aisle, meaning not, not the Democrats and the Republican, but the uh, startup and the um, big, well-established companies. Um, I had my first startup when I was uh, 19 years old. It has nothing to do with technology, but I always uh, wanted to uh, run my own show, per se. Um, always... Uh, interested in building uh, new businesses. Um, so after college, um, joined uh, some kind of uh, technology companies as software engineer, um, and then joined the, my first startup about two years out, uh, out of college uh, in a eight persons team. We would do something called auto dialer. Um, you probably won't be interested in that. Um, that startup got acquired by a very big uh, telecom company and all of a sudden I'm now one of many engineers in a huge telecom company. I got very bored and then uh, one of my former bosses from uh, basically first job out of college called me and asked me to join another startup um, that he has um, uh, joined. So then I joined that other startup as employee 21 and I was in and out of that company for 14 years, and eventually I became the president of that company. Uh, long story short, you know, spun, eventually spun that company off of uh, uh, a big hardware company and become an independent software company, got, got acquired by a private equity um, in New York. And then after that, I got recruited into um, BEA system in San Jose and ran uh, a couple of their divisions as division presidents. Um, I ran their um, commerce divisions and their security divisions and so forth. Um, after a few years in there, I got recruited into Adobe and ran uh, all of Adobe's document business. Uh, I think at that time the business called Intelligent Documents, basically uh, all of their PDF business. Um, it was uh, the best time of my career, I would say, I, I love the company. Adobe was the best company mm -hmm. uh, to work for, and I learned a lot about um, 
marketing, product strategy, pricing strategy, um, uh, a lot about how to treat employees uh, correctly, how to you know um, explore markets, um, things like that. Um, after a few years in Adobe, I've decided that um, I want to uh, go back to um, the startup world, and so left Adobe and joined uh, You Send It, uh, a very tiny startup at that time, um, and uh, we pivoted. You know, you send it from a consumer business into a um, business that focus on individual business user and is my first entry into the software services world. And we grew it from zero um, registered user to about 40 million, 45 million registered user. And we're growing at 3 million new users every month. Uh, from zero ARR to about 50 million ARR, all, all that in about six years. Um, left, uh, you sent it, uh, so my position there and joined another startup core, uh, 10 Marks Education is an online education um, focusing on K-12. Um, we were at the right time and right place, so within a short period of time joining uh, 10 Marks, uh, Amazon uh, decided that we have something that they wanted um, for them to enter into the education market. And so we were acquired by Amazon in uh, 2013. Since then, I have been working as, as both a um, venture partner for Birchmere, who was one of my investors at 10 Marks uh, Education. I also have been working as a independent advisor um, for early stage startups. Um, so I've been enjoying uh, this role as venture partners and, and uh, uh, startup advisor for, I don't know, five years, six years now. I really love it because I learned a lot from uh, these fantastic you know, entrepreneurs. Um, and I can also share my uh, experience both good and bad ones uh, with these startup entrepreneurs and so together um, we continue to uh, make the future exciting for everybody that's it that's my story yeah. Ivan no I love it I love it this is great um, pre really appreciate it you see so much in innovation right across your career and what you're doing today tell me a little bit about what has you fascinated in terms of health and wellness, whether solutions that you're seeing out in the market or anything health or wellness related that's captivating your attention these days? Uh, well, one is definitely, you know, cost. Right? We, we all know that the U.S. Uh, healthcare market is extremely uh, expensive, um, but it's not necessarily the most effective one. Um, so what can we do to... Um, help lowering uh, the cost of healthcare will, will be uh, very interesting. Um, so I'm always interested to, to hear from uh, startup entrepreneurs who might have you no know, great idea on how to um, make our healthcare system more cost effective. But I have to say that I have never invested into any uh, healthcare companies so far. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, Ivan. And I, I know Birchmere has kind of touched a little bit in healthcare. I mean, I, I think you guys have invested in um, healthy and, well, I know there's like a, a sports platform, uh, Sleeper, I think you've invested in. I know, Jem, uh, if I'm thinking about the company correct, I know they're, they're doing something with blockchain and Bitcoin, but um, are there any other, when it comes to costs in healthcare, are, or maybe some some greater societal uh, themes or impacts that you're seeing that could affect people's health. Maybe you can talk about a, a, a portfolio company or two that is is you feel is going to make a difference society wise. You know, on on society and maybe how we live our lives from a health perspective. Uh, um, I don't know, Anthony. I can help you on that one because I, I have <laughs> not been involved with the, the other um, healthcare investment at Birchmere, so I probably shouldn't be speaking about that. Yeah, no worries. No worries, Ivan. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, comes up a lot, Ivan, is um, founder, founder and a startup team's health and performance. And so these startup teams, they start a company, your portfolio companies, ones that you've invested in, um, they have to be very resilient, very withstanding. They're sometimes in a fog of war, having to stay healthy, keep it all together. What are some things that you've found from high performance teams? What do, what do they do from like a, maybe it's a health and wellness standpoint, maybe it's from like a, a, a leadership standpoint, maybe it's all the above, but what are some factors that have you seen that you've seen with high performance teams? I'd love to hear a little bit more about the trends you're seeing and what, what you'd like to see in, in, in teams. Well, high performance teams are usually, uh, again, for early stage you know, startup companies, high performance teams are the kind of team that can learn very quickly and um, know that what they don't know is a lot more than uh, what they know. Um, it's very different than a late stage companies where high performance team is all about scale and efficiency. In a in a early stage, meaning those seed, pre seed, A round, B round type of companies, um, scale and efficiency are their um, are their enemies. You know, they, that. Now, focusing on scale and efficiency actually will hurt them uh, in the early right. stage. So how can a team be able to learn and help each other learn uh, and reinforce the learning and try new things through learning um, is going to be uh, why they are very uh, uh, successful. Because in, in early stage company, performance is not necessarily um, scale of revenue or even scale of market share. Performance is basically how can they try as many new things, experiment as many new things as possible and gain insight from that and as quickly as possible to reach some kind of a product market fit. And along the way knows what are not product market fit and what might be trapped for them uh, for later on product strategy or, or go to market strategy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, a bad example of a high-performance team will be a team that um, spend too much too soon in right. sales and marketing right. uh, before they have reached uh, product market fit. Right, right. And, you know, along those lines, I know we've had a lot of conversations, but, you know, when you're looking across, you know, marketing, sales, uh, product engineering, and making sure you have product market fit, there's a lot of our listeners that have healthcare innovations that they're bringing to market and they may be scaling up 
you know, sales and marketing too soon and the product's not solid. What advice would you have to find product market fit specifically, you know, um, you know, in a healthcare market and say the product is destined to it. There's some promise there that you can save some costs there in healthcare uh, for a, for a provider. What do you look at? What's your checklist for, you know, mentioning to founders, you know, Hey, here's what you need to do to, to find product market fit before you hire your second or third salesperson or even your first. A good question. Um, product market fits a lot of times got confused with what we call uh, product, product function fit, meaning you talk to a functional executive, you know, mm-hmm. IT or whatever, right, finance, and you clearly identify some functional challenges that they face. And, and even those functional challenges may be uh, very important to them, high priority to them. And then you have a very uh, unique and better solutions that uh, that can overcome those uh, functional challenges for them. Obviously, you get you gain you know, almost immediate you no know, love from these functional executives. Uh, they love what you do um, because you know your solutions solve their functional problems. Uh, unfortunately, that may not be um, a product market fit. Even though many times those functional executives may even you know buy some of your services. Um, uh, and the problem is, uh, once they try to take your solutions uh, to go into their organization, their institution, and try to upsell it to uh, other senior executives, they don't get other executives you know, buy in because it is, you know, their functional problems are not deemed as you know, high priority corporate functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often now your momentum gets stored. You no, know, you may get no good, no traction inside a, a, a function group, but um, you may not get outside of that functional group and you may not be able to really um, get an enterprise license per se mm-hmm. or, or penetrate the account deeper um, because the uh, senior exec of that you know, institution just don't deem those uh, functional problems as um, high priority problems. Um, so one quick way to try to find out if you know, the functional problems and your solutions uh, will be accepted by other senior executives um, as enterprise-wide importance is to ask your sponsor, your functional sponsor, to share with you his or her way or thoughts on how to present you know, this case to senior mm-hmm. executives. Um, if their case is uh, about cost saving, that to me is uh, a pretty hard sell sometimes uh, because um, cost savings may be good if the saved cost can be redeployed in somewhere that can be that can you know, solve even bigger problems, more strategic mm-hmm. problems. Then, then it's fantastic. But if it's just pure cost saving in itself. Uh, and especially if the cost saving is not significant for the enterprise overall, then cost saving is a very, very hard sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a, a red flag will be if your sponsor said you know, something like uh, he or she understand the process uh, of um, up presenting to senior executives of why this is the case and uh, all he can describe is just the process. Mm-hmm. That to me is usually a, a red flag because 
that tells me that your sponsor does not really understand why this functional problem uh, has an enterprise priority. Um, then you should know that you probably don't have a product function fit, uh, at least in that case, and, and may have a very good you know, product function fit. Mm. And many times entrepreneurs get uh, misled uh, by product function fit because they thought you know, their, their customer loved them and their customer actually write checks to pay for their product services. You know, what else do you need to say that you have a product function fit? Well, what you need is that your sponsor can get this you know, thing you know, up to you know, the CEO, CXO type uh, to, to be deemed as a enterprise-wide or enterprise-level you know, priority. Nice. Yeah, no, thank you for that explanation. I think that's a huge distinction that, you know, doesn't get uncovered enough and is, is enough cognizant, um, you know, for founders and uh, for anyone that's running a company that is, you know, you know, definitely younger than, than five to 10 years, you know, at least. Um, so really good kind of, uh, you know, checklist of, of like what to look for. I guess, you know, great information here and advice on the foundational level. Um, when you look at companies in the future, I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts on, on any themes in health or wellness or societal themes that you're looking to invest more in. Like what has you excited about the future that you really want to, whether you invested in or not, what are some fascinating things that you see coming in the future that you're hoping to partake in? I don't know. I've seen something really concrete in the future in terms of the entrepreneurial space, but mm -hmm. from my perspective, um, as I mentioned, cost is you no know, the, the 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 evil, the devil in our in our healthcare system today. And uh, how do we lower the cost? You no, know, as a capitalist, you no, know, we hopefully you know everybody that playing the in the startup world are, are capitalists that we strongly believe in competition is the best tool to lower costs and, and increase performance, right? That, that has been proven uh, from, from industry to industry that as, uh, as long as the industry has mature and almost perfect competition, you can see that that industries, you know, product and services continue to increase in terms of quality uh, and performance and the, and the price and cost of those product and services continue to go, to go down. Right, mm -hmm. um, computer industry is one of the best example. Right, you no, know, the thing that that's holding in our hand right now, you no, know, back in the 1780s, would we'll, we'll fill several floors and will cost you no know, 20, 30 million bucks. Versus right now, it's 500 dollars in our hands. Right, right. Uh, and, and, and competition has a lot to do uh, with that uh, to advance the technology and to advance um, all kinds of uh, user uh, engagement. So what can we do um, for the healthcare industry to bring in more competition? To me, is always uh, interesting. Like, um, how can we bring um, drugs? How can we bring uh, medical providers uh, from other countries, for example, um, into the U.S. Uh, in a very you know, effective and efficient way? Um, that can you know, drastically increase uh, competition and um, lower the, the cost. I'll give you two, you know, a couple of examples here, not necessarily you know, directly apply, right? Um, there, there is a uh, website on, 
a marketplace, I would say, in, in Canada that allows consumers to buy um, prescription drugs um, from all over the world. And, and that, that marketplace drastically lowered prescription, the price of prescription drugs. Now, can you imagine if U.S. has something like that you know, or that U.S. consumer you know, is allowed to you know, buy from that Canadian marketplace? Uh, of you know, the kind of drugs that they need. That would drastically increase uh, competition um, in U.S. That's right. One example, right. Another example is we talk about telemedicine all the time. Um, well, if telemedicine uh, it has, is open up to uh, the U.K. doctors, to the Australian doctors, to the Canadian doctors, um, or even to some of the Argentinian doctors, whatever, that U.S. consumer can use all of those or any of those as mm-hmm. their primary care or even as their specialist uh, to provide consultation. Uh, and if insurance companies are allowed to cover those, uh, can you imagine uh, the cost of that uh, service being lowered? You no, know, it will be like within a year that those costs will, will be cut in 50% or more. Right. Uh, so it is really not so much that we need a lot of new technology to help us lower uh, the cost of healthcare mm-hmm. is that how do we uh, enable competition uh, in this uh, great country with 370 million um, consumers, right? Potential right. consumers for, for health services. Um, I, I, I bet you that all medical providers would want to have a piece of this 370 million strong you no know, consumer markets right. if you were to open it up. Right. right. And all businesses, you know, almost all businesses in U.S. are opened up for worldwide competition except some uh, national security stuff, obviously not, right? Or I would say 100% of all consumer businesses in the U.S. are open up for global competition except you no know, medical. <laughs> yeah. So is it... Uh, is it no? We shouldn't have to wonder why our medic, our healthcare is so expensive, right? Right. This is great. Yeah. No, I appreciate your your vision of the future. I mean, it definitely feels like we're heading in, in this direction, right? And so, um, I, I appreciate you encapsulating in that context. You know, just definitely from the consumer side and how it merges with like the the enterprise side and how do you unlock that? So, um, Ivan, this is, this has been great. Um, I got one more question for you, Ivan. And before I ask it, what's a good way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they would like to engage with you? Uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, one of the easiest way. Awesome. Awesome. No, it sounds great, Ivan. And then my last question for you okay. <laughs> is, <laughs> well-being related what's what's something on a personal health and well-being basis that you do on a morning basis weekly something that really keeps the engine going you've had to you know face a lot of you know starting companies and growing companies um you've you've had to face a lot of resilience and 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 stay healthy what works for you today well i work out six days a week um um, about hour and a half every day and it's very um Simple. I, I spend uh, about uh, forty-five minutes on resistance and forty-five minutes on, on cardio. Um, and uh, from time to time, I, I have a one-on-one instructor just to make sure that I I kept my program up to date. Um, 
that's one thing I do. Second thing I do is that uh, I eat healthily, meaning meaning that doesn't mean that I'm a vegan or anything like that. I eat sure. a lot of steak. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I believe in one thing in, in, uh, is that the uh, microbiome uh, uh, is very important. So I make sure that I kept my probiotic um, up all the time. Um, mm. I, I, I have a lot of personal experience about that, uh, changing my health drastically. Um, the second thing that I, I do all the time. And third is obviously your mental health, which I found um, we, no, I don't know, we intentionally or not that we tend to not talk much about mental health because there's right. a lot of around it. But right. I can tell you, uh, not, no, I'm sure you have heard about it that our high school, our, our, our college kids nowadays are um, facing a lot of mental health issues, but I, I, I've seen enough, you know, early stage entrepreneurs also have um, this mental health challenges, right? The, the, right. the amount, the insane amount of pressure that an entrepreneur um, face with, you know, day in and day out. Uh, it's not for any common uh, people um, uh, to understand, right? So how do you ensure that as an entrepreneur that you can keep your mental health uh, clean per se? No, is to exercise all the time, is to eat healthily, is to keep your probiotics uh, level up all the time, but you also have to take a break. Right. the take a break thing is something that many entrepreneurs you know uh, skip. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, take a break for me is, is not that you take a month you no know, sabbatical or something. Take <laughs> a break is that within a week, every week, you have to block two to three hours out of your week and right. not scattered, but two hours block somewhere, and allow yourself to totally focus on one or two things that has nothing to do with your business. Right. Whatever that is. Uh, find that one thing that you can do one hour to two hours per week that, that is required for you to focus on 100% because the way to release stress from business is to focus on something else that has nothing to do with your business. That's the only way from my experience, to right. I'll give you one example. I don't know you do uh, downhill skiing or not, but if you do downhill skiing and you ski from I don't know, you know from the ten thousand feet level down to the two thousand feet level, let's say mm-hmm. that ten minutes, fifteen minutes run, you will be forced to focus on nothing else but the three or ten feet, you no, know, right in front of you, right, <laughs> every right. second. And if you if your brain wander off there, then you will fall, and it might you might hurt yourself pretty bad, right? Right. That is a good example of saying in that ten minutes run or fifteen minutes run, you are totally relaxed, even though you are so focused on that run, but you are totally relaxed. Mm-hmm. That's an example of how you can. No, get your mental healthness back up every week is to get yourself one or two hours no to focus on something so acutely uh, in order to relax yourself right right 
No, Ivan, this is so powerful. And I agree totally. You know, it's something I, I personally work at as you know, you know, I'm running a, a, a health technology company called Health Hero. And I try and do that as not as much as I can, but I, I do it catches up with me when I haven't carved out that two to three hours to do something else. Um, and uh, so this is super, super helpful. I don't do downhill skiing. I'm very inspired now to do so uh, because that does, does sound appealing. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time, for being on our show. Uh, second, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Uh, third, Ivan, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your story, your passions with us. Um, thank you for giving us advice here and tips for, uh, for product engineering and just for, for business fundamentals in general. Uh, very, very refreshing. And thank you for sharing, you know, some personal health habits that our listeners can, can take a good tidbit from. Uh, so Ivan, again, thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome. This was great. No problem. Good talking to you, Anthony. Bye. Absolutely. Thank you.